happy April Fool's Day, and welcome to the Actually Autistic Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Onstad, and today I'm going to talk about April Fools. Here are some fool facts. The fool was once a type of religious intermediary between mortals and the divine. In ancient Greece, it was the fool's job to mock the successful so that their good fortune would not make the gods jealous. In medieval times, it was the fool who played the figure of the vice. It was the vice's job to act as an MC for mystery plays. These always ended the same way with the Hellmouth, a pyrotechnic marvel depicting the gates of hell. The vice would reveal the devil at the end of the play and threaten to drag all the sinners into it. Sort of a medieval way of speaking truth to power. The fool in the tarot is the zero card. This refers to the paradox of the fool who is so wise that she, he, or they embrace their own ignorance as the number zero is both nothing and everything at once. Dogs are the traditional companions of fools and most tarot decks show the fool with a small dog. In Japan, Uzumi the fool, or Uzemi, I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, it's spelled U-Z-U-M-E. Uzemi, the fool, is the Japanese goddess of mirth. When the sun goddess Amaterasu hid in a cave, it's a long story, Uzemi made silly faces with her genitals until Amaterasu came out to see what all the laughter was about. April Fools is an old tradition dating back to the Middle Ages, when the fool was called the Lord of Misrule. And this goes back even to Roman times, the Saturnalia, and later came to be part of the 12 days of Christmas, the Twelfth Night holidays, or Carnival. There's a lot of different words for it, a lot of different phrases, and it happened at different times of year, depending on when and where you were. But the gist of it is that it was a time when servants were waited on by their masters and the ruler was replaced by the fool or the jester. Social norms were discarded and people were free to do as they liked. Now, how this time came to be associated with April is a whole other issue. But the fact that it is usually the first day of Autism Appreciation Month is not a random coincidence. There is a long complicated history of the connection between autism and clowns, fools, or jesters. The allowed fool or court jester that spoke truth to power is a perfect case of common autistic traits being job appropriate. Many of us are blunt and direct. We don't follow the same social rules that holistics do. We tend to be unconcerned and unimpressed by status for its own sake. So it often falls on autistic people to say what holistic people are afraid to mention. There are several types of traditional fools. Obviously, not all of them were autistic. There were natural fools as well, which means that they had learning or possibly a communication disability. A non-speaking person could be a fool as well and not have any learning disabilities at all, obviously. For a good example of a non-speaking fool, you can watch Harpo Marx of the Marx Brothers. But regardless of what type of fool it was, they existed outside of the social order. It's a complicated subject, and so I'm going to read a couple of passages out of Irina Mitzer's excellent book, Fools and Idiots, Intellectual Disability in the Middle Ages. And she is 
not talking specifically about autistics here, but she does a wonderful job in terms of explaining the roles of the fool. And it, it'll be clear to you later why, why I'm bringing this up here right now in this podcast about being actually autistic. So here she says, uh, one social consequence for people with intellectual disabilities was that they permanently retained a childlike status in the eyes of their social superiors. On the one hand, judged according to mitigating circumstances, i.e. they could not be held responsible for their criminal or sinful actions, but on the other hand, subject to the authority, rule, and discipline of their superiors, parents, or guardians. The patronization of certain human members of a pre-modern household, such as children, women, servants, and entertainers, and thus dwarfs and fools, had been compared to the abuse of power that is also exercised over non-human creatures, commonly referred to as pets. All of these could simultaneously be highly valued and severely controlled, trained to be obedient, entertaining playthings, while also held in some affection. Dominance may, of course, be cruel, exploitive, and create the victim, but affection is dominance's anodyne, creating the pet. Affection mitigates domination, making it softer and more acceptable, but affection itself is possible only in relationships of inequality. It is the warm and superior feeling one has towards things that one can care for and patronize. Affectionate dominance over nature can be exemplified by the way in which various cultures have treated gardens, fountains, plants, animals, children, women, slaves, dwarves, and fools. All of these have been modified, trained, tamed, and acted upon. They are passive, while agency is enacted by the dominator. As a historian, it appears to me that autistics are, are still viewed much the same way now as they were in the Middle Ages. Our disinterest in conforming to allism means that the allistics view us as being intellectually disabled because they cannot fathom that any intelligent person wouldn't want to be like them. And so we are thought of like the pets that Irina Metzler describes. When autistics speak up for themselves and insist on respect from allistics, the allistics are as shocked as we would be if our dogs started talking to us. Now, I have a personal interest in in fools and jesters in part because I am such a Shakespeare nerd and i really fascinated by the roles of the fool in Shakespeare, particularly Festy, who really addresses a lot of these issues in, in that he says, I, I wear not motley in my brain, meaning that just because he wears the fool's motley doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with his brain. And I'm going to uh, finish up this discussion by quoting from Fools and Jesters at the English Court by John Southworth. When Zeus announces in the busy marketplace of the world that he will send down a torrent of rain, but that only fools will be wetted by it, it is the one wise person there who hurries indoors to fetch an umbrella. When the rain descends, and he alone remains dry, the others turn upon him in fury. In a world of fools, it is the person who realizes his own innate folly who is truly wise. This is the universal message of the clever fool. And here are my words of comfort for the day. 
If you didn't think something was funny, it probably wasn't. It was probably thinly disguised bullying. So don't feel like there's anything wrong with you if you are not getting a joke. It could be that you're taking it too literally. That does happen. Nonetheless, it's not your fault if you don't think something is funny. Some things really aren't funny. It's okay. You don't have to laugh. I do hope you find this joke of the day funny, but if not, that's okay. Remember, I didn't write these. I stole them fair and square from anonymous lists on the internet. Yesterday, a clown held a door open for me. I thought it was a nice gesture. <laughs> I personally celebrate April Fool's Day every year by watching the court jester with Danny Kay because an unemployed jester is nobody's fool. Thanks for hanging out with me on this mini-episode of the Actually Autistic Podcast. If you are interested in hearing more of my content and like Shakespeare, then you are in luck. I have two podcasts, one called There Will Be Body and another one called The Twelfth Night Podcast by Rose City Shakespeare. I wrote a book called A Midsummer Night's Dream, Illustrated Handbook and Encyclopedia. That does also include a lot of body definitions. And I'm also on a role-playing game podcast called Shattered Worlds RPG. I'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for being actually autistic. Mm-hmm.